1: Welcome back to the Really Real Real Estate Podcast. Rent to own is one of the concepts that is very familiar to the general public. However, very few people understand the specifics of what is entailed when buyers sellers want to enter into a rent to own transaction there are a great number of details and variables that can change from transaction to transaction and many times it's easy to become overwhelmed by the process of rent to own it's a situation that can have successful outcomes but it's absolutely helps to have a professional in your corner to help you out with these types of very complex situations. Today, we talk with Dan Gustin of Peacock Keller about the finer details associated with the concept of rent to own. I'm Lou Lombardi. Now, here's your favorite real estate advisor in the whole wide world. Jason Wilcox.
0: Lou, I'm just glad you're here on the podcast today. I was afraid you and I and the whole podcast was going to get blown away with the weather we're currently having.
1: Yep, it's a, it's a stormy. It's a stormy day here in uh, in the beautiful Cannonsburg.
0: Yep. Well, it's a stormy day right now. That's not necessarily going to maybe not change in the next five minutes, because as we've discussed many times, <laughs> it is Pittsburgh weather. And if you don't like the Pittsburgh weather, you can just uh, wait five minutes as it'll most likely change. Yeah,
1: constantly change, constantly evolving.
0: Exactly, exactly. Well, I'm very excited uh, for today's episode. Lou, you and I have actually been talking about wanting to do this specific episode for a while, right. um, and it's, it's, it's a concept that we want to talk about, but I knew this was a specific concept that I wanted to get someone a whole hell of a lot smarter than me on to talk about. Um, so today, we are very, very excited to welcome uh, to the show uh, Dan Gastine of Peacock Keller to help talk to us about Rent to Own. So Dan, how are you doing today?
2: guys how you doing today
0: good is it storming where you're at or is it just
2: sunshines and rainbows you know it's starting to to have a little clear sky out there but it was bad for a little while there about a half hour 45 minutes ago it was it was pretty pretty uh nightmarish outside we'll say see wait 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 10 minutes and
0: all your all your luck will change in terms of exactly. the weather. <laughs> exactly exactly so- So before we get into the podcast today, I want to give one little uh, disclaimer to our uh, listeners out there. So um, Dan is obviously uh, an attorney with Peacock Keller. I'm going to let him introduce himself here in a second. But to all of our listeners out there, today we're talking about rent to own. And I just want to make sure that we're clear up front that when we're talking about rent to own, we're talking really specifically in a residential situation. I know that when you start getting into commercial purchasing, commercial leasing, you get into just a whole nother shark tank of options and way you, so you can conduct business. So uh, for today's purposes, just know that when we talk about rent to own, or if we talk about lease with the right to purchase or seller financing or any of that, just know that we're t- strictly talking about uh, residential. If you do have questions on the commercial side, though, you can always reach out to Dan and he can guide you and direct you and advise you on the commercial side. But today we're talking about residential. So before we get started, uh, Dan, and why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for the listeners? Tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Yeah, no problem, guys. Uh, so I've uh, been with Peacock Keller now a little over six, about seven years, uh, primarily focusing on real estate. Uh, I'm a law, I, you know, went to Pitt for my undergrad. I have a law degree from Dayton, um, and I'm a title insurance agent here in Pennsylvania. Which means that uh, when you're going to purchase uh, a residence, or you know, residence or commercial property, or you know, obtain a loan through the bank to buy something. I review the title, I make sure that there's no uh, easements, there's all the taxes are paid, there's no judgments, things of that nature, so that when you're buying the property, you get it free and clear. So in the course of doing that, we come up with uh, and come across a lot of crazy weird things in the, in the world of real estate, I say, especially in Washington County, Um, (laughs) but uh, rent to own actually, this comes up frequently when we're reviewing uh, the title and there's, you know, there's usually something on record relating to these types of deals. So I'm very familiar and I'm very excited. You guys invited me on here to talk about this.
0: Absolutely, and uh, the the title side is always a very interesting one. I have I have been amazed at how much I can learn about a seller just by reading the title report. Uh, Lou, I can't remember if we talked about a specific transaction. I had I think last September or October. It was like a Jerry Springer show on the title <laughs> report. It was like there was a, there was a there was a lien for the house and the mortgage with the girlfriend in in like sixteen, but then there was the divorce finalization in 19. 18 and then there was another like you know something or other taken out in 18 it was like you just started reading this and it literally read like a jerry springer script so dan i don't know if you have the same situation where you just you <laughs> learn a whole slew of things about people when you start reading their title reports oh
2: absolutely i mean j- just last week i was reading one where the the, you know the boyfriend and girlfriend bought the house, then he bought the engagement ring and then they broke up. He didn't pay for the engagement ring, so the jeweler filed a, a claim against him. No one could <laughs> find the boyfriend, but he's entitled to the property. And you know we, we got to a point where I said, if you can't drag him in here to sign, we can't move forward and walk away from the deal. Yeah,
0: that is insane. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm sure we could we could spend all day talking about crazy stories with wonderful, crazy, lovable clients that we have. But uh, let's dive in. So uh, the first question, uh, Dan, as I may or may not have mentioned off air, one of the things we love to do here on the podcast it's designed for buyers and sellers and investors. So we really like to boil it down to one on one. So let's start with the basic uh, first base concept, if you will what exactly is rent to own?
2: Sure, sure. And so it it, uh, it differs uh, from what you would normally think of when you're signing a lease to rent a piece of property. So normally when you would sign a lease to rent a piece of property, whether it's an apartment or a home, it's usually for a shorter period of time. We're talking six months, a year, maybe two years at the most. With a rent to own type situation, number one, you're signing a lease for a much longer term. So you're looking at 10, 15, 20 years. Um, and with that, um, Part of what it is, is that uh, instead of going, let's say, to a a bank and getting a traditional mortgage and buying a piece of property, your rent that you're paying to the landlord essentially is paying off the purchase price over that long period of time. So for, you know, you say you you enter a lease, uh, rent to own agreement with a landlord for $100,000 to buy their home. You're paying them X amount of dollars a month until you hit that $100,000. And then at that time, you have a closing, the landlord signs the property over to you, Record the deed. Now the property is yours. So it's it's you know the, while the while it differs from you know regular leases where at the end of that lease your money is gone it's the landlord's at the with a rent to own type situation you at least are putting some equity into the property so that when the finally the term is expired you now will have paid into and own the property.
0: Right, exactly. Now, uh, a quick question, I guess, on the on the real the realtor side is that through this time period, through this 10, 15, 20 years, would you say that the tenants have, I guess, like an equitable interest in the in the title of the property, even though the landlord is still holding the 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 title to the property and the deed is still in the landlord uh, seller's name? Yeah. There is an equitable interest that the that the buyer
2: tenant has in oh, the yeah, property absolutely. and that and that's oftentimes people forget about that. Um when they sign one of these rent-to-own agreements, you know, they're occupying the property. It might be a few years, and, you know, maybe you forget what you signed five, ten years ago, and you think you own the property. Mm -hmm. But really, that property is still in the landlord's name. However, yet, like you said, you do have an equitable interest in the property, meaning that if the landlord or if the owner of the property tried to go and sell it to somebody else, you would have a right to go in and either stop the sale or petition the court to, you know, for damages because you had an equ- equitable interest in the property that was, um, you know, that was terminated or that was, you know, infringed upon by the seller or the landlord's uh, actions. I'm going to, I'm going to humbly brag here because I
0: just got done taking a real estate law class. You file a Liz <laughs> Pendens.
2: <laughs> yes, actually, I'm dealing, I'm dealing with one right now. It's funny Liz so Liz Pendens, for, for those out there who don't know, is uh, essentially when you're reviewing the title uh, to the piece of property. One of the things you look at is you look at the what we call the prothonotary's office to make sure there's no yep. judgments against them, um, and the recorder of deeds. A Liz pendens basically is we haven't filed a lawsuit yet, but we're gonna. So this is <laughs> this is you know, when you're if I'm reviewing that title of the property and I see that red flags, we stop. Yep. So that either gets struck from the record or it gets resolved somehow
0: yep you put everyone on notice and it's funny because Liz pendence when I first learned about it I was like huh this sounds so simple it sounds so easy but this is why I understand now why attorneys charge 300 an hour because when you actually get into the nitty-gritty of what you do I get it I understand it's a lot more complicated uh it's fascinating but it is definitely complicating you're right it throws up red flags and when I hear Liz Penance, I just grab the bottle of Jack Daniels go into the corner <laughs> and cry because I know my yeah I know my my closing isn't closing anytime soon
2: <laughs> uh, that's one of the things. That's one of the things I always tell clients. So, if they actually do want to enter into something like this, and if you're the buyer, you're the tenant. One of the things you should do, and one of the reasons why, you know, not to toot my own horn, but why you need an attorney for this, like yes, you say, is when you sign that document. Nine times out of ten, that document you have, that article of agreement, that rent to own, that's not recorded anywhere. Um, what you want to do is file what's called a memorandum of agreement. Yep. You file that with the courthouse. All that's on there is, hey. You know, landlord intended to entered a new deal to buy the property, you don't put the purchase terms, you don't put anything, any specifics in there, but you say, you know, for 20 years, basically, he has the right to buy the property. Um, And when that is done, or when someone's, you know, reviewing the title, like a list pendants, I see that and I go, oh, wait a minute, someone has an interest in this property, right? You got to get that cleared up before we can move further. Exactly.
0: Exactly, and and that's a great point that you bring up. I do want to dive into that a little bit more later in the in the podcast, so I'm going to hold that thought and come back to it. Um, so the next question I have is, I know, like with uh, with my brokerage, Cobell Banker, we don't handle rent to own situations, but mm-hmm. I know we have an affiliation with a sister company uh, that handles lease with the right uh, the right to purchase. And I just mm-hmm. kind of wanted to ask you, it, I've always understood that these are two different things, correct? Rent to own right. is not the same as lease with right to purchase. So, can you just kind of briefly explain what lease with the right to purchase is? Yeah, so they're
2: they're they have similar characteristics, which is often why people get them confused. Oftentimes, so rent to own situation is is kind of what we already described. You know, you're paying each month towards the purchase price. Lease with an option to purchase. Oftentimes, what that is is, hey, I'm going to lease this property for five years, and at any time during that five years, if I you know finally qualify with the bank or I come into some money. I can buy the property at that time for a set price that's already agreed upon at the time they signed the document. Oftentimes with a rent to own, well, like with a rent to own, your rent is going towards the purchase price. Right. More often than not with a lease with an option to purchase, your rent that you're paying the landlord not always is going towards that purchase price. Now, the landlord sometimes will give you, okay, if you've made all your payments to that point, I'll knock $10,000 off the purchase price. Right. But you still have to pay that full purchase price. That your your that money that you paid is the landlord's. You can't say, "Oh, that was a down payment." I try unless it's agreed upon at the beginning that that's the way it goes. Right. Then that happens but there it's really it gives you the option and then at the end of that 5-year period if you don't exercise the option, you can walk away. Yep. Everybody walks away, and nothing. Usually, in that case, nothing's recorded at the recorder of deeds office.
0: Right, and that that's the big thing. I think the key word there is the option. If you don't want to buy it, you don't have to. And you can go your separate ways, and you can be done. So, awesome. Yeah, and there's
2: really two ways with that. You can either have the lease with the option built into the lease, and say, yeah. you know, I and or you can also think of it like a right of first refusal. Sometimes, right. Sometimes uh, yeah. people enter a lease and they say, you know, for a five. Let's say, you know, five year lease. And, um, you know, I, but I have the right of first refusal, which is somewhat different because, you know, let's say, Jason, you go to sell the property, you know, you, you, you have a lease with me, Lou makes you an offer on the property, it could be, you know, $200,000 more than I was willing to pay for it, but you have to at least give me that option, and I've got to match that or else I lose the property. Right. And it's funny, because even though we're going to hit this towards the end, you know,
0: uh, hopefully listeners are understanding, it's amazing how there's all these little details. It could go this way. You could do this. There's options quote unquote within the options. <laughs> and there's a lot of, there's a lot of minute details that need to be worked out because you know, the, 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 the proof is in the clarity and the proof is in the details being worked out. Um, I believe our good friend, Don, what does he, always, what does he always say? Uh, An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of
2: cure. Is that what it is? Am I getting that right? Yeah, I think, I think that is it. I always say my, my favorite is it's when it comes to all these situations, People want a black and white answer, but my favorite, it's a great lawyer answer. It depends. It depends. Yeah, I've that. You can give me a fact pattern and I can say, well, yep. it what does your contract say? Do you have this clause? Yeah, this clause? Yep. Everything is different. Yeah, this that's thats the other reason why you, know, you joke, you know, why, why do I have to pay an attorney that much? It's like, well, because we, we try to think of every little worst case scenario under the sun. Yep, well, exactly. Well, that
1: too. And if you want to customize the deal for your particular situation, then that's, this is, you know you have it in writing and you guys can make that happen so exactly like like as jason was saying like not all these things are created equal sometimes you want to do this sometimes you want to do that sometimes you want to lease with a right right of first refusal but then maybe you want to build in something where but i'm also going to give so much as a down payment whatever mm -hmm. there's a million ways of doing it so with something like this it absolutely makes sense that you have to have some legal person there to make sure that you get far head because you
2: know you oftentimes with these types of transactions they're not third parties that you don't have a, some sort of familiarity with. They're friends. They yeah. are employees. Yeah. Like this. So, you know, what you say versus what you draft and put in writing it could be two different things. You know, two people who aren't familiar with how to draft this, if, you know, I'm telling Jason that I, I'm going to give him a, a, a lead, oh, yeah, you pay me $10,000 and that'll go, you know, towards your option. But that's what I say, but I type it up completely differently. We, you know, You go with what's on the paper. What he said doesn't matter.
0: Bingo. Bingo. And as a a side note on the the realtor side, one thing that I step in that I find that a lot of my clients aren't aware of, at least in PA, I would assume in other states as well too, but in PA, realtors don't have the legal authority to draft up contracts. That is the practice of law. So you need an attorney. I guess we have what would be considered like a limited power of attorney because we have the Pennsylvania Association of Realtor Forms like Mm -hmm. the standard agreement of sale, the addendums and the contingency forms. We're allowed to fill those in. And, but we're mm-hmm. not legally allowed to write up contracts. That's, that's practicing yeah. law. And unless you are a licensed attorney, so that's where rent to own, that's why we don't practice it because we have to have an attorney who's legally allowed to draft up contracts.
2: And, and also Pennsylvania has what's called the statute of frauds. Yes. So your transaction with real, you cannot have an oral agreement to buy yep. real estate. So you can have an oral lease with someone. You cannot have an oral contract mm. to buy the real estate. It wouldn't be considered valid. So you yeah. got to
0: get that in writing and i think isn't it after is it after 1 or 3 years that even leases have to be in writing to be enforceable is it 3, three, three years, three years? I believe,
2: yeah for, i, I d- believe it's 3 years
0: I'll check on that. Cause I need to know that for my broker's exam coming up, but yes. that's not important to the listeners. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So I'm going to start combining these next couple of questions. Cause I, I just, I love this stuff and I could talk about this stuff all day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so when it comes well, to re- there's
2: a lot of overlap too. So, I mean, you can't answer one without going after the other. Yeah, I mean, Exactly. Exactly. exactly.
0: Yeah. Why? Cause it depends on the situation. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> um, as, <laughs> sure. as far as rent to own goes, what is something a buyer tenant should consider and what is something a seller landlord should consider if they're, thinking about getting into the rent-to-own situation?
2: Well, I'll start off by saying I always, with these types of situations, the best case scenario is still to go to a lender, to a, a broker and get some type of financing to purchase it. If you're unable to do that, maybe you've just gone through a divorce and your credit is shot, maybe you went through a bankruptcy Uh, those are the types of people that, you know, you can make your monthly payment, you can make a a large monthly payment, you can't come up right now with the huge down payment to pay closing costs and to pay, you know, transfer tax, recording fees, all these things that are are part of the process. So I would say individuals who maybe, you know, have have a good paying job, but, you know, are are unable to save because you got other expenses right now, those would be the ones who I would say these are are best suited for a rent- to- own situation where they can pay this off over a good period of time and they can even pay large amounts each month but it's just much easier to do it that way as opposed to having to try to save qualifying you know for financing through a you know brick- and- mortar bank and then having to go ahead and shell out a lot of cash at closing Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And then I guess uh, to continue with that, um, what are things that buyer tenants and landlords, that's what I was supposed to say, say landlord sellers. <laughs> that's what you get for <laughs> writing these episode guides two in the morning. That's beside the point. Um, what, what, what issues or pitfalls um, do you see come up or that you try to make your clients aware of um, ahead of time, as far as getting into a rent to own situation?
2: Well, one of the biggest things, if I'm representing a seller in that in that kind of situation, one of the, you know the seller always will come to me and say, "Hey, they're a good friend of mine. You know, they're an a former employee of mine. They've got money. I'm just trying to help them out of a bad situation." And oftentimes, you know, best laid plans, you know, or the, or the things for you know for good people trying to do a favor, they kind of end up getting screwed because something happens. The buyer yeah. either you know flees town or anything like that. Now, if you file, for example, you file that memorandum that we talked about, the seller, you know, you have the the buyer sign that. You guys recorded at the recorder of deeds. If that buyer skips town and doesn't pay anything. If I'm reviewing the title, I say, well, that person, even if they vacated the property five years ago, they still have some sort of equitable interest. Cause I can't take your word for it that they haven't been paying you and that they don't still live there. So you gotta get that right extinguished. So for a pitfall for a landlord sometimes or a seller is that you may have to go track somebody down that you haven't talked to in five years and get them to sign a quick claim deed or get them to sign some document releasing their right in the property. Actually, that just happened to me recently at four. I had a guy, he forgot he even had this on the property because it was 10 years ago. Luckily, he knew where the guy was, able to track him down, but we had to delay closing for three weeks until he was able to track him down and get him to release his interest.
0: Gotcha. And, and and again, these are all details that are good to know before getting into it, because the last thing you want to do is find out 10 years down the road after you sign this and go, wait, I had no idea this could actually happen.
2: Yeah, Exactly. And you get oftentimes you get the sellers who, you know, the, the, one of the things they go, well, you know what? The property his. he lives there. He does this. Yeah. But the property's still in your name. So yep. if something happens on the property, if the property burns down, if someone gets hurt on the property, yeah, you can have it in the contract that that person is going to, you know, the tenant is their buyers going to indemnify you and hold you harmless. You still have to go to court to enforce that. Whereas if, you, yep. if the property's already in the buyer's name, you know, you don't have to worry about that. They can't bring you in on anything.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And then I just know from my own experience, um, on the tenant side, um, you know, I, have heard a lot of people say, you know, Oh, we tried to do this on our own. And then like the landlords left town, they skipped town. So it's not just the, 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 the buyer tenants that can skip town. It's the landlord owners that can skip town. and all that money they shelled away. They thought we're going to go. And then they just got royally screwed.
2: Yeah. And and the one thing I always tell clients and who try to do it on their own And, you know, Jason, you probably see this too. They try to, you know, buy or sell property on their own, you know, even without this rent to own is you can, you're going to pay an attorney, you're going to pay some realtors fees, but you're going to get it done right. The first time more people spend more money in attorney's fees and court fees and things trying to untangle something. Yes. We did originally because they wanted to save in my case, you know, a couple hundred bucks. You know, I don't want I don't want the guy to have an attorney draft this up. You know, we trust yep. each other. We don't need any. We'll draft. We'll put it in our own handwriting. And you know, like you said, the seller could skip town. Or quite yep. often, what happens, for, and it's a, it, a detriment to the buyer. Sometimes the buyer, the seller, dies. Yeah. Now the contract gets assigned to kids or to heirs mm-hmm. under his will, and they're not friendly with you. You weren't their best friend. You're in their dad's home that they, you know, one of yep. these rental properties that they see is theirs. So they're going to try to get you out of that property as quickly as possible. Yep. Or better yet, he dies in Oh yeah. Yeah. Then you got to do and, and you know, if you don't, and that's the thing, if you don't have anything in writing, yep. you know, if you don't, or if, if you don't, you know, don't have the, uh, some clauses in these rent to own deals will say that, yeah, it's a 10 year deal or 15 year deal. However, if I die before that time expires, you got to buy the property in six months. Yeah. So if you're the buyer or the tenant in that case, You've been paying towards this for, you know, maybe five years. All of a sudden you gotta come up with a large chunk of money in six months to buy this property. Yep. You can't do it. Now you've lost your last five years worth of rental payments. You lost all that equity and the seller continues to hold on to the property.
0: Yep. Yep. Sounds like a great idea.
1: <laughs> wait,
0: wait, 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 what does our corporate attorney always say? For every convenience, there's a consequence. That's my favorite. That mm-hmm. is my absolute favorite line. Just, I'm actually going to have to write that down. You guys that. are just full yes. of all kinds <laughs> of life. Yes, I steal all of his stuff. I steal every last that last thing that he tells us. Um, okay, so I know we were talking off air, um, and, and I think we were even emailing about this last night. So mm-hmm. a lot of times you don't necessarily handle, you can, uh, but rather than going rent to own, you'll actually recommend a seller financed transfer transaction in lieu of uh, rent to own. So can you just tell us a little bit about a seller finance transaction and how you guide clients uh, in in that respect?
2: Yeah. So oftentimes what we see from um, a landlord or a seller in that case is they want to do the rent to own because they want that monthly income coming in. Right. And so what I tell them is there's another option that also relieves you of some liability and that's seller finance. So Instead of buyer tenant going to a bank and getting a mortgage to them, the seller will actually finance the transaction just as if they were the bank. So at the closing, the buyer signs a promissory note and a mortgage in favor of the seller. Seller deeds the property to him. So it's his property. He can do with it what he wants. If someone gets hurt on the property, it's the buyer's fault. Um, If he wants to go and refinance at a lower rate rate and pay this guy off, he can do that, but it relieves liability from the landlord, from the seller. It gives the buyer more flexibility in what they can do with the property and it gives them, you know, ownership of the property, um, you know, help, help build their credit score and things like that. Yeah. And instead of if the individual, let's say the buyer skips town in this case, actually let's say that the seller skips town, you can't find them. You know, you don't know your, your last couple mortgage payments keep getting returned to sender return to sender. At least you have the property. Yeah. In that case, if the, and from the buyer side, if the buyer defaults and buyer skips town or let's say the buyer let's say the buyer you know doesn't skip town misses monthly payments realizes he can't do this and wants to get out of the deal all he has to do is sign a deed in lieu of foreclosure property yep. goes back to the seller he gets it free and clear everything's fine if the seller if the buyer skips town the seller can still has an option they foreclose on it just yep. as if they were a bank now you can only do three a year as a seller finance before you start getting into all of a sudden you, you trigger some banking regulations and things. <laughs> um, so you can't do this constantly, but if you're doing one, you know, one a year or something like that, that's, that's perfectly reasonable. And that, so I always tell clients that in my opinion is the way to go. Cause then at the time you guys sign this document, property has changed hands. If the seller passes away, The heirs can't come back on the property if you, as long as you keep making payments, they can't try to come after you. You know, they're just like a bank in that case. So I I think it's the better way, the cleaner way. We'll say it it may not, you know, other people may like it in one way or the other. I think it's the cleanest way. That way, everyone knows what their rights are, everyone knows responsibilities, less headaches.
0: I one hundred percent agree. And actually, selfishly from a realtor side, we like seller finance transactions too, because that means the actual closing happens. And so rather than just getting paid on writing up a lease, we actually get a closing. But that's beside the point. Um yeah, well and 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 I think the point that I had mentioned earlier, the biggest I think I, I think the biggest benefit is that for buyers it's not about having equitable interest in the property, it's that you have legal title in the property. The the yeah. property is is one hundred percent yours. And also, too, if I remember correctly, the 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 sellers, you know, it's it's great for buyers who, like you said, maybe don't have great credit or they've got some things going on. Because, like you said, the seller is the bank, so the seller gets to make the rules. You know, if they're okay with a little bit of a lower credit score, maybe they charge a little bit of a premium interest rate or something Mm -hmm. of that nature. You know, they 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 are the banks; they get to make the rules. It's up to them whether they're okay with the the buyer's financial situation.
2: Yeah, and they and they, I've seen people do some interesting things with that promissory note, so they can say you know i'll give you you know a, a little bit of a lower interest rate but you know what come december 1st every year you got to pay me in addition to your mortgage or your monthly principal and interest payment an additional $1000 $2000 yeah. and i've had in sellers where they basically that they use that for uh, christmas or holidays and they start mm-hmm. paying they pay yep. they they know that money's coming in you know that people can get creative and you can be it benefits the buyer because you can be more flexible in terms of those payments you know maybe you know, maybe you get, for some reason you you get paid every two months. You can make your mortgage payment every you can make that note. They're they're much more flexible than a bank, uh yeah. in terms of you know when they want their money. Bank wants their money the first of each month. Friend or family who is seller financing can be a little flexible and say, okay, you know, instead of a 10 a day grace period, I'll give you a twenty-day grace period just yep. to help you out.
0: Yeah, I like it. I like it, and I think the obvious is is in the answer to this next question because we've pretty much discussed it with all the details in the last twenty five minutes or so. But what is the advantage to having an attorney represent uh, you either as the buyer tenant or the uh, seller landlord?
2: Well, I mean, I and, and you know, obviously, I'm advocating for myself just because I'm an attorney. Absolutely. I do <laughs> just like you would say, you know, you always need a realtor in every transaction. Yeah, agreed. You agreed. Uh, you know, I, I would say. Really, it's it's from the cost thing. Do you want to potentially save some money initially and open the door to having a headache way down the road, or would you rather pay a little more right now, get it done properly? That way, God forbid something bad happens, you're protected. On either side, I, you know, I the thing about attorneys, I always say is we plan for the worst and hope for the best. Yes, you know, we have seen the worst. You know, I always tell clients at a closing. You know, they joke all the time. Why do I have to sign this document? I said. Someone got screwed one time. Yeah. Sued someone one time. Yep. And now they will never let that happen again. So you sign this document to protect them for that. Yep. So, Bingo. Yeah, you're you're saving. You know, uh, you don't want to you don't want to save money at you know for for what two three hundred bucks you might save you know maybe even five hundred even if you pay a thousand dollars and it's a little more complicated yeah you're going to pay a thousand dollars now if I have to try to untangle this down the road yeah twenty five hundred dollar retainer plus you know court cost and all these yeah. other things you you're, you're and, and that may not, you may not even win that's the thing yeah you know it's, it's you, you it's we can plan and do everything we can to put you in the best position Yeah. You know, that, that, that's the whole point of the attorney we, we draft these documents so that god forbid someone sues you you know anybody can sue anyone for anything whether or not they win is a whole nother story yep yeah. yeah what we have these documents in place so if this person tries to come after you for x y and z you're protected
0: yeah agreed agreed so before we before we wrap up because i know we're getting up uh, up to about 30 minutes here in this episode uh do you have a funny story that you would like to share anything pop out if you can't answer this for legal purposes we understand (laughs) but do you have a do you have a short funny story you'd like to share with us in in your time as a
2: lawyer i mean i always as long as i i keep specifics out of it we're we're fine i mean the one last time was he was trying to find some that one I mentioned earlier, the guy that he hadn't t- talked to in 10 years, he had actually fired him and then had to go find him. And he's like, I don't know if he's going to like me. I don't know if he's going to throw a brick at me. <laughs> I don't know, you know what the case. Um, I had one a couple weeks ago where actually it was a, <laughs> it was a re- regular uh, title search. It was regular closing. It was actually a Caldwell banker realtor <laughs> and uh, or maybe she might not have been a banker, but anyway, she was representing her father and he was doing this. And she, I found these, these article of agreement uh, on title. And I said, Hey, this guy be cleared. And she's, What are you talking about? He never did this, this, and this. And, you know, we come in, we sit down, we look at the documents. And she's like, He never told me about this. It was to help another sister. It was that uh, he didn't know about. He didn't, nice. know. he didn't want to know. And that, it's really, you know, I, I hate to say it, but it, the, the most headaches is when it comes to family. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. I, I also administer estates and represent clients in that. And that's where, well, who gets the article of agreement? Well, dad wanted me to have it. No, no, no. Dad wanted it 50 50. That's not. <laughs> and then they bring up fights from 25 years ago and
0: they're fighting <laughs> over that. And I like, should have gotten <laughs> the couch. No, I should have gotten the
2: couch. You got the bracelet. No, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've seen clients that are okay with getting drastically different rental properties from that they've inherited whether one one's five hundred thousand and one's two hundred thousand. Yeah. And then I've seen ones fight over a, a thirty-five thousand dollar piece of property that isn't worth <laughs> you know the taxes that they pay on it. it it's amazing it people fight over. It.
0: Oh that's fantastic. I love it. I'm telling you when you write that book when you retire, let me know because I'll be the first to read it because the stories we could tell I'm sure.
2: If it wasn't for attorney client privilege, I could oh my God, some of the just in <laughs> In the shorts, I, I've been practicing seven years. In that seven years, I've come across things that I thought I might come across maybe once in my legal career. Yeah, I've come across it fifteen times. <laughs> per <laughs> topic, <laughs> uh, you, playing, you, read, you read all these crazy cases, and you're like, "There's no way." You know, people are fighting over adverse possession of a twenty foot strip of land, and both sides are spending twenty thousand dollars. And yep. you're, attorney's fees and one file's a list pendants so and now we yep. can't do anything.
0: Yep. <laughs> all on principle, all on principle.
2: Or just to, just to twist that knife at their neighbor or their yep. sister or brother. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh
0: man. And family, like you said, is where it's the worst. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So, uh, do you have any final thoughts before we turn this over to Lou to wrap up the episode?
2: I mean, your, your basic. If you're not, if you don't want to talk to a, a real estate attorney, talk to a realtor, yeah. talk to someone in the industry um, who can advise you on this and you know, don't be afraid to spend a little money at the outset, yep. um, because if you don't do that, you're going to spend more. You, you could you be perfectly fine and nothing ever happens. Yeah, could you also spend thousands of dollars and and mm-hmm. be you know, miserable and the headaches and the sleepless yep. nights and now your marriage is over? Yeah, that can also happen. <laughs> too. So, yeah, My advice is always just: every situation is different. What you read on the internet for one person isn't necessarily help you. What we talked about here may, you know, there may be, you know, a weirder situation that we've talked about here today. You uh, talk yeah. to somebody and then, and, and, you know, realtor, attorney, somebody that can give you some guidance and hopefully, uh, you know, help, help make the transaction much easier for you
0: yeah and my final thought is come talk to me and then i'll tell you go talk to an attorney because to me there's there's just there's too many details you need someone Mm -hmm. who spends every day in this business and understanding the 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 minute details and just the inner workings of of how something like this could work out so come talk to me and then i will just completely remind you day in and day out to talk to an attorney (laughs) specifically talk to dan uh and he will he will get it done uh dan thank you so much for being on you are wealth of knowledge i'm just a reminder to all the listeners out there there that, you know, uh, Dan covers, you know, pretty much anything real estate related. So if you need to talk to an attorney, you have any questions, real estate related, please don't hesitate to reach out uh, to, to Dan. And I know talking to our mutual friend, Don uh, Formoso, who is is uh, over at Peacock Keller as well. If it's something outside real estate, still give Dan a call because if he can't answer it, I'm sure somebody in the firm can.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me. If, you, if you're having any other uh, episodes coming up in the future, I'd be happy to be back on
0: Oh, oh, we're getting you back on. You just don't know it yet. Yeah, you'll be getting an email. I've got I've got many, 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 many legal topics that we could talk about exactly. in the real estate world. So don't worry, you will be back on. Lou, will you wrap it up for us, sir? Yeah,
1: absolutely. But before we do real quick, Dan, could you go ahead and uh, give out your contact information in case folks are thinking about swinging one of these
2: deals and would like to yeah, talk absolutely. to a absolutely. Well, you can find me uh, at peacockkeller.com. I'm listed on there uh, with my email address. It's dgustine at peacockkeller.com. Our office number is 724-222-4520. We have offices in uh, you know, Washington, PA, South Point, Bridgeville, out in Greene County and Waynesburg and Claysville and Washington County. So we're all over the place. So you can always find one of our locations and be happy to help you in pretty much anything under the sun
0: in the legal field. And the Bridgeville location is right across from Bergs, just saying. Absolutely, I was. You get
2: the pizza lunch buffet. It's,
0: it's the way to go. <laughs> and when it comes back after quarantine, but that's that's another okay. podcast episode for another day. I was <laughs> I was fun. there yesterday for lunch. Lou. <laughs> uh. All right, guys.
1: Uh, Dan Gastine from Peacock Keller, uh, your real estate advisor Jason Wilcox. Listen, guys, uh, if you're enjoying these podcasts and you're getting something out of them, you feel like they're helpful, you can help us, and it doesn't cost you a dollar. Go to iTunes. Give us a, hit the rate and review button. Give us a five-star review. Write something nice about us and subscribe. iTunes is like, a lot of you guys are in business out there. and you'll understand this. iTunes is like Google for, you know, how Google is for business. iTunes is for podcasts. So the better we can do on iTunes, the more that we can get the word out. The more people that will find us, the more we'll show up in searches and stuff like that. So please uh, go over to iTunes right now. Hit the rate review. Give us a good, uh, give us a five star rating. Give us a good review and subscribe. That's the thing that you can do to help uh, Jason for all the amazing uh, advice that he's been giving you guys uh, over the past year. Uh, speaking of, uh, po- excuse me. Speaking of real estate advice, Jason wants to be your real estate advisor, and you can reach out to him at four one two. Six five one four six three eight or jason. Wilcox at Pittsburgh dot com. Guys, thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you all on the next really real real estate podcast.